Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We're continuing on with our series, The Power of Thanks. There was an atheist professor that was walking through the woods and uh, he was admiring the accidents uh, of, of chance. <laughs> he was looking at the trees and the flowers and he observed the rivers and the animals and he was just marveling at the magnificence of evolution. All of a sudden he heard a rustling in the, in the brush and he looked and there was a bear like this getting ready to pounce on him. And of course, when he saw the bear, he cried out, Oh God, help me, help me. All of a sudden, a light came from, from heaven and the bear froze in, in this position, getting ready to pounce on him. The wind stopped, the river stopped flowing. Everything was perfectly quiet and a voice came to him and said, Sir, do you really believe that after all of these years of denying my existence, and teaching your students to deny my existence that uh, now you would call out for help? Well, the professor says, you know, you're right. My, my track record is bad. It would be hypocritical for me to call on you now, but maybe we could take this approach. Would you, would you make this bear a Christian? Because if the bear became a Christian, then... Um, there would be a different outcome to all of this. And so the voice said, well, I'm going to grant your request to make the bear your uh, Christian. All of a sudden, the river began to flow and the wind began to blow. The trees began to rustle and the, the bear sat back down and he said, Lord, I want to thank you for this meal that you provided. <laughs> Christians are thanksgivers. That's who we are. We are people that give thanks to God. And we've said this throughout the service, and I try to say this all of the time, because we have so much to be thankful for. Christians should not be the most miserable people on earth. We should be the most thankful people, and I'll show you how thankfulness leads to joy, and the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength, you see? how it all goes hand in hand, but it starts with this attitude of thanksgiving. There is, as we've been saying, there's a power in thanks. There's a power in giving thanks to the Lord. When we give thanks to the Lord, something happens inside of us. We begin to change. We begin to change. And something happens outside of us and around us. Let me give you a negative example of this. Have you ever been... Have you ever known someone that as soon as they walk into the room, the whole atmosphere changes in a bad way, in a negative way? We call it the Eeyore complex. You know, you know that type of thing. Um, and it just changes the whole atmosphere. Well, I believe that Thanksgiving and a person with a grateful heart and an attitude of gratitude can change a negative situation into a positive situation. That's the power of of thanks, that something happens inside of us and something happens around us. And it doesn't mean that we as believers don't face difficult circumstances because it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. The same storm that happened to the uh, house that was built on the rock happened to the house that was built on the sand. We face these storms, but we look at them differently. 
Because even in the midst of trials, troubles, and tears, we see God and we can see things that God is doing and how he is working. And we can still give thanks to God, not for all circumstances, but in all circumstances. We saw that the last time that I preached, uh, a couple weeks ago, when Paul and Silas had been uh, imprisoned, they were beat, beaten and bloodied, and they were placed in the inner part of the, of the prison. They were put in stalks so that they couldn't move around. Their response was not to complain and moan and groan. Instead, their response was to give praise to God and to sing and give thanks to him. And lives were literally changed because of that witness and that testimony. People were saved. God received the glory. Paul and Silas were released from prison and able to continue to do the work of the Lord. I want to continue to focus on the life of Paul this week, and we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. In Paul's letters, he often begins them with, I thank God for you, or I thank God for all of you. Paul didn't have an easy life. He had a very difficult life. Things circumstantially got worse when he came to know the Lord. Before the Lord, he was uh, probably wealthy and powerful and well-educated. He was part of a very uh, powerful organization called the Pharisees that helped lead the whole nation of Israel. Then he accepted the Lord and he was rejected by everyone, even his own friends. He was beaten and persecuted and thrown in jail and whipped and shipwrecked and bit by a snake. I mean, just anything you could imagine circumstantially was against him when he became a believer, and yet he never stopped giving thanks because he, he understood that there's, there's power in thanks, and he understood the more he gave thanks, the more power came into his life to accomplish what God has given to him. Paul understood the power of thanks. He would thank others for their help. You would see that at the end of his books. And it blessed those other people. Some of the names that we catch at the end of Paul's epistles, we don't know anything about them other than they were a friend of Paul. And he took time to thank them. That um, when we give thanks, it's a gift in a sense to ourselves, in that it produces joy, which I'll show you in just a moment. And it's a gift to God. Our thanks to him is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. And when we are miserable and complain about everything, it's the opposite of whatever the act of worship is. It's not a good representation of who God is in our lives. So we want to look at Philippians 1, 3 through 8. I'm going to read them all through first, so you don't have to put the slide up. We'll put the slides up individually, but let me read it to you. I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I pray with, does anybody see it yet? With joy, see? Because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Well, let's start with verse 3. 
I thank God every time I remember you. Now remember, Paul was writing this from prison. And even though he was by himself, he understood he was not alone. Do you catch this? Even though he was by himself, he understood that he was not alone. Maybe throughout this COVID epidemic, you've been spending more time by yourself. We've spent a lot less time out and about just trying to be safe and loving our neighbor, and we've just spent more time at home and, and in, the, in the church building and things like that. But other people who don't have anyone else, they, they could be a widower or a widow, or for some reason they're by themselves for a long period of time, and maybe you're in that situation now, I want you to know that even if you're by yourself, you're not alone because God is with you. God is inside of you. God is with you. And here's the other part that Paul realized. The Philippian church was with him. Even though they were separated by many miles and separated by prison bars, let's say, he knew he was by himself, but he wasn't alone. God was with him, and the Philippian church was with him. That he belonged to a great family, the family of God. Now, the, the family of God, we would call the church, can be broken up into two different understandings of the church. One is the invisible church, and that's the church made up of all believers on the planet Earth, okay? That includes billions of people that call Jesus Lord and Savior, billions. We're part of something called the invisible church, that even though we might not meet those people until heaven someday, we're part of the invisible church of billions and billions of people. But we're also part of the local church, the visible church, where we can see one another, where we come to an actual building, or actually a part of something that's close to us. And we are part of this visible church. And so again, I want you to know that even if you've been by yourself, you're not alone. God is with you, and the church is with you, all believers. Your local church is with you. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever had someone come to mind, and you just stopped at that moment and prayed for them? Has anybody ever done that? You just get them, and you just pray for them. Do you know what? That God, in your difficult time, God might put your name on someone else's heart. And they might be praying for you, and you don't even know it. You see how that works? Not only does God speak to our hearts to pray for someone else, God speaks to others' hearts to pray for us. And how do we know each other? We don't know people in the invisible church. We can't call them by name. But I can pray, and I'll just say Beth because she's right there. I can pray for Beth. Why? Because we're part of the same church. We're part of the same family family. Okay? And so Paul was experiencing that. So as he's in prayer, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God every time I remember you. Verse 4, the next one says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? Why? Because thankful, the power of thanks produces joy in our lives. Okay? Thankfulness is directly related to joy. Now, we all deal with difficult people. Now, if that difficult person is sitting next to you, please don't look at them or poke them or anything like that. But we all deal with difficult people, and it's easy to find the fault 
in other people. It's much easier to find the fault in other people than it is to look in the mirror, right, sometimes. But my point in all of this is stop finding the fault in other people and find what's good about that other person. Instead of focusing on what's wrong, start focusing on what's right. What happens in difficult, <coughs> excuse me, in difficult fi- family dynamics where maybe, um, uh, I don't know, there's just some sort of dysfunction in the middle of it. Uh, what can happen within the family dynamic is the only part that's remembered is the dysfunction part and not what's good. Not what's good about that person. You know that that person that gives you the most difficult time, whether it's in your family or outside of the family, do you know they're also created in the image of God? And if you look hard enough, now some people you got to look really hard. Now I'm not looking at you for any particular reason. You have to look really hard, but in every situation and in every person you can find something to be thankful for in their lives. And here's what it does. It takes your anger and frustration and bitterness. It takes that away when you implement the power of praise and it actually gives you joy. Here's a great quote that I heard that has helped me tremendously in life and in ministry. I appreciate people much more when I stop trying to fix them. Well, think on that. I appreciate people so much more when I stop trying to fix them. Because I can't fix anyone. I can't even fix myself. You know, we're getting ready for New Year's resolutions. Once again, I'm not going to have any. It's too frustrating when I give them up the second day. I mean, how long can you go without cheesecake? I mean, you just sometimes need it. I saw this meme during the COVID when the the gyms were closed. The gym is like where they have like exercise stuff. And uh, they moved the bikes out into the parking lot. And I thought to myself, I I don't think I've ever wanted to exercise that much that I'm going to go into a parking lot and ride a bike that doesn't go anywhere. I I don't know. It's just me. I don't know. But you find something in that situation that you can give thanks for and it takes away the negative things and it gives you the positive things and you begin to see that person as God sees them as created in God's image and it gives you joy. Joy. Because the power of thanks produces joy in your life. I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers and I pray with joy. One person said, joy is the surest sign of God's presence. You know that Jesus, while he was on earth, was filled with joy, the Bible says. That God within the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's joy within that relationship. The fullness of joy. When Jesus, or when they were talking about uh, at Christmas time, sorry, my thoughts are all over the place today. At Christmas time, I bring you good tidings of great. It's part of God's plan and purpose as a reflection of who He is. God is filled with joy, and He wants you to have that joy. And how do we get joy in our lives? We stop being critical and negative and finding fault, and we start giving thanks in all things and for all people. 
One person said, joy is the flag that flies over the castle of our hearts, announcing that the king is in residence today. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Joy is the enjoyment of God and all of the good things that come from the hand of God. If our new freedom in Christ is a piece of angel food cake, then joy is the frosting. And all God's people said, amen. Can I tell you something weird? Will you just enjoy your life? God gave you that life. Enjoy it. If you're going to have a feast on Thursday, which I hope that you do, enjoy it. It's not your fault that you were born at such a time as this in the United States of America. It's not your fault that God gave you a job and money to buy necessities and to buy food and to share that with others that you love. None of that is your fault. God chose that for you, so don't feel guilty about anything that you have. Be generous is all God asks. He doesn't want you to be riddled with guilt. He asks you to be generous with what he's given you and everything else enjoy to the glory of God. You know I'm going to sit down at that table. My wife is in a... A great cook doesn't begin to describe uh, my wife. She is an amazing cook and everything she makes is unbelievable. She's only, she's here today. She just sits on the other side. So you don't have to text her. She's hearing this firsthand. Because I know some of you, when she's not here, you text her. So by the time I get home, she already knows what I said about her. And I know who you are. <laughs> We've been married for 30 years. I don't know how many meals that is. It's a lot. And my wife has only made one bad meal in those 30 years. That's the truth. Unfortunately, my parents were there, uh, so that was a, a bit difficult. But you know what? We're going to sit down at the table, and we're going to have pasta. That's kind of the main course in my mind, and then the side dish is like turkey. But that's an Italian thing. How many understand? Okay, thank you. And we're going to eat, and we're going to eat well, and then we're going to have dessert, and then we're going to watch the Steelers beat the Ravens, <laughs> And then I'm going to have more. And the next day, I'm going to have the best part is I'm going to have a turkey sandwich <laughs> with stuffing. And it might even be open face. Watch now. You get the bread and you put some gravy on, on, on that, hot gravy. And then you put mashed potatoes. And then I put stuffing too. Then I put turkey on it and then more gravy. And I eat it hot for the glory of God. Sorry, John, I couldn't hear what you said. Something about, I lost you at exercise. I don't know what you said after that. Exercise, yeah, no, 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 I don't know what that is. Here's my point in that. Give God glory for everything you have and be generous and enjoy everything that God has given you because it's a gift from him and Christians need to be categorized as thankful, joyful, and look what joy does. It turns us into cheerful givers. Do you see that? Do you see how it all works together? 
If you're miserable in life, you're a miserable giver. And you're probably a miser. (laughs) Probably. Because you've never experienced what thankfulness can do, what joy can do, and what generosity can do. Enjoy what God has given you. Be generous to others. Be generous to those in need. But don't live your life with so much guilt that you can't enjoy what God has given you. All right, let me keep going. All right, let me, let me jump ahead here. The power of thanks produces joy in partnership, okay? The power of thanks produces joy in partnership. Verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So he's filled with joy. Why? Because of the Philippian church's partnership in the gospel. Paul started the church in Philippi. He went in any town he would go and he would go and speak. And so he went and saw a group of women by the river and he went and preached to them. And a wealthy businesswoman, because she dealt in a purple, named Lydia, got saved. And it was from her life that this church was built. And so from that point on, the the church in Philippi partnered with Paul. Whatever he was doing, they were there. If he was planting a church there, they partnered with him in prayer and provision. If he was, uh, 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 you know, contending with philosophers, they were with him. Even if he was in prison, they were with him. And he thought about that partnership that of the Philippian church with him for all of these years through good times and through difficult times, and it produced joy. That partnership that they had together in accomplishing God's will and God's purpose. They started this church from Lydia. Paul was blessed by their partnership. They never wavered from their support. And it says, from the first day, Until this day, from the day you heard the gospel, the church was planted, people got saved, and now Paul's in prison. You never stopped partnering together with them. I like to think of it this way. They didn't just sit in the stands and cheer. They got in the game. And I'll talk about our church in just a few moments, but one of the things I love about our church is that you don't just sit in the stands. You're in the game. You're in the game. And sometimes the game's tough. It's hard. But it's worth it. I'd much rather the pain of playing than the uselessness of sitting in the stands. All right. So the power of uh, thanks produced joy and partnership. You still there? Just got a couple more points. The power of, you liked when I was talking about food, didn't you? Yeah. The power of thanks produces joy in their potential. Joy and potential. God who began a good work in you. That's that verse, verse 6. He will keep doing it. Uh, He'll keep working on you. Keep working on me. Because he sees the potential in our lives. Hopefully, if you've been serving the Lord for any length of time, you're farther along now than you were before. Now, that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes and, you know, take some wrong steps. But it, it means that we're moving in the right direction. Paul looked at the Philippian church, he saw their partnership, and then he saw their potential. He said, wow, God's done a great thing, and God's going to keep working in you. And someday we'll all rejoice together in heaven forever and forever. He knew that God wasn't done with them yet. God had more in store for them. And you know what? God has more in store for you. 
Whatever he's done in your life and through your life, he has more in store for you. He's not done with you yet. If you're still breathing, then God is not done with you yet. I know some of our seasoned saints through the years, as they got older and couldn't do all that they used to do, my heart would break when they would pass on, not because of them. They were in heaven. But I always thought, who's going to pick up the prayer mantle? Who's going to be the one that can't do as much as they used to do, but every day they would pray? We won't know until the rewards are given out how important their prayers were. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you can't do all that you used to do. You can pray. And that enables the rest of us to be able to do what we do. Don't think you can't do anything. You do a lot, and only heaven will show. And what you're doing will last for all eternity. God has a purpose and a plan and potential for you. Your potential is not past yet. Your potential is still in your prayers and in your encouragement and in your life that it's an example to so many other people. And lastly, the power of thanks produced passion. When Paul thought about the Philippians, and not just the church, when he thought about the individuals, and I'll just use Lydia as an example because we know her. When he thought about Lydia, it produced joy. Joy in what God had done in her life. He brought her from death, spiritual death, to spiritual life, to eternal life. Joy in what she had done to help establish the church and to reach other people. And he had such a passion for the people of the Philippian church. Why? Because he was filled with thanksgiving that led to joy, that produced passion in his heart for others. That person that you can't get along with and you're not looking forward to spending thanksgiving with them, they're the very ones that God wants to work in your life. Now catch this. This is important. We think, oh, God, do this in their life. How about let's turn it around and say, oh, God, do this in my life that I can see beyond and see what's going on in their life and their heart. God, that I could see their potential, and I thank you for them. I thank you for that person that rubs me the wrong way. And you know what God will do is he'll take, I hate to use this word other than how I just used it, he'll take hate and he'll replace it with love. And he'll take bitterness and a hard heart towards them and replace it with a soft heart towards them. He'll give you a passion for them. When you start with thanksgiving that produces joy will ultimately produce passion for them. Paul was passionate about the believers. Now I want to talk a little bit today from my own heart. I, as the pastor of Hope Assembly of God, have the privilege of pastoring the greatest church I know. There's no other place that I'd rather be. There's no other church that I'd rather pastor than this church right here at Hope Assembly of God. God has given us something special. Maybe you don't fully realize it, but I want to share with you that through this pandemic, there are a multitude of churches that are closing never to open again because they don't have the support and partnership of the people. 
that they've never grown, they've never changed in order to uh, facilitate growth. And this pandemic is sped up where they're headed already. Well, I want to assure you that our church is not dead, it's not dying, and we're far from it. That we're celebrating our 100th anniversary next year where we are going to celebrate what has happened, but we're also going to take a look at what God has next for us. Because God's not done with us. He has a next. What's next? Yes, we're going to look at you know, the previous pastors and, and different things that were accomplished through these hundred years. But at the end of the day, we're going to look forward and say, God, what's next? We're a part of a great church. I hope you recognize that and I hope that you realize that. I want to thank you for partnering with me and my family through these years, 21 years of faithful support. There's never been a time where I've been the pastor here that we have had to go without. Um, I've been paid every week, and that's a blessing. It's a blessing. Uh, we've never been without food. When we first came, we were younger, came from a difficult situation. There were, there were some tough days through there, but this church has always come through. You've partnered with us. And even beyond that, looking back on my ministry here, I was 32 years old when I came. I had dark hair and I had hair, if you remember that. Any of you remember when I had hair and dark hair? Some of you remember? Those were good days. But I had no idea what I was doing. I was just stupid enough to say, God, help me. And he helped me. And some of the things I did, I cringe at now. But you've shown grace. And that's been the best gift that you could give. That's why we're going forward 21 years in. Because you haven't had to be through three, four, five pastors in those 20 years. And I haven't had to change churches and move my family and all that goes along with that. I thank you for your partnership. And I hope that you know by now that that Thanksgiving and that partnership and I see the potential in this church and that's what excites me. That's what excites me. We just love you guys. We love this church and we love each of you. Some of you I don't know as well. Some of you I know very well. And we love you. My heart is here. My prayers are prayers of thanksgiving for each and every one of you. My prayer is that I would be as gracious to you through difficult times as you have been to me. And we just love it here. And uh, I'm telling you all this because this, these are things I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful that together we are reaching the neighborhood and the nations. Now, over uh, the beginning of, or the, the middle of October, we did the shoe boxes. Remember we had all these shoe boxes? Our church did 59 shoe boxes. That is unbelievable for a church our size. 59 shoe boxes of children that will receive a Christmas gift that wouldn't have received a Christmas gift if not before. Awesome. Now, I'm not even going to get into, you know, maybe a little, you know, the 60 missionaries that we support on a regular, every month. And throughout the pandemic, we've never missed a missions payment. And we've never missed an electric bill, a gas bill, uh, salaries for staff. We've been able to advance and move forward and not just be stagnant and maintain. We've been able to move forward. I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to me. 
So I had planned to have Doug Eccles with us long before the pandemic, long before I ever used the word pandemic on a regular basis, <laughs> long before I even ever heard of what COVID-19, excuse me, was. We planned for him to come. And then it just kept getting closer. I'm like, I don't know if we can do it. And I don't know and don't know. And I finally said, you know what? We're going to have him come. And whatever happens, happens. Because I'll tell you a little secret. You want to make sure that somebody travels that far and does it full time, that everything's going to work out okay. Maybe I shouldn't worry about these things, but I do. And so I had him come, and I talked to the church. You know, my family was going to give this amount. We ended up giving more, and God worked all that out. And I said that he works in evangelism, feeding children, and um, building wells. And if we as a church on that day could give $3,000, it would be awesome. $3,000, $1,000 for each of those ministries, evangelism, feed children, and build wells. Well, I'm going to walk you through what happened. So the first, first thing is, oh, here's the slide right there. Good job, Rosalie. Next, next one. Okay. $2,229, that would have been good. That would have been good. Uh, you know, for the attendance we had and the people that were here, that would have been good. But that's not, that's not it. What's the next one? 3229 would have exceeded our goal. Would have exceeded our goal of $3,000. And at the end of the day, we would have said, whoo, $3,229. Now, let me throw this out to you, too. I'm just going to talk real to you. Sometimes when we have special offerings, our regular offerings go down. And so then, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's difficult. That's a faith thing, okay? Our regular offering was even up, okay? So I, I won't give you the total of all of the offerings that came in in a week, but it's the largest week we've ever had in the history of the church. Okay, okay, so watch. No, 3,000, 4,000 I would have been through the roof. How is this even possible, 4,000? But it wasn't 4,000. 5,000 would have been beyond what I could have ever asked or imagined in one service. Preach for 45 minutes. We don't even have ushers. Just put your offering in there and give online, whatever it is. Funny, when I raised what my family was going to give, I went, because Dora and I didn't talk about it, I thought of it as I was sitting over here by Vi. I think it was the anointing Vi, I don't know. <laughs> and so I went to her and I said, you know, I just felt in my heart, Dora and I never concern ourselves with these things. If God speaks, then we do it, whether it's her, me, whatever. And we're always in agreement, 30 years on giving. Um, she said, oh, I already sent the extra money in. I had already given what we decided on, but I got on my phone and it had already sent. Before I ever talked to her, it was already sent. So I thought $5,229 is ridiculous. That's beyond anything I could ask. But, but there was another one, and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Mary Jane gave me the, uh, the numbers before everything came in. I said, that can't be, Mary Jane. Run them again because it doesn't seem right. Are you sure you didn't duplicate something? And then she goes, no, 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 I'm sure. And so 6000 is miraculous. That's not even the final amount. Here's the final amount that we gave in one day. $7,229. Hallelujah. 
Let's give him praise. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. That's miraculous. That's miraculous. That is God saying, I've got more in store for you. I'm not done with this church yet. That I want to use this church and I want to use the people in this church to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what it's all about. If not for the gospel of Jesus Christ, we, might be, we, must, we should be some other organization, but we're not. We're the church of Jesus Christ here in Malaga, Newfield, and the surrounding communities. And God has called us, he's chosen us, and he has uh, more for us to do. Next, what's next? If we can give $7,229 in one day, and to be honest with you, there's more that came in this week, but Mary Jane wasn't in, so I don't even know. I'm going to have a different total next week. I don't even know what else came in. This is just what's there now. God's not done with us, and I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. And so listen, replace the negative with thanks. Let God fill your heart with joy and become passionate for people, the potential that God has. Can I ask you lastly, when you, when you pray this week, can you stop and thank God for Hope Assembly of God? Because this is a special church. And it's a special time and a special moment for what God is doing here. And I'm just excited to be a part of it. Stop and thank God for this church, for what he's done and what he's doing. Our partnership, our potential, and the passion that we have together for God and for others. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.